1984, in the World Wrestling Alliance, America divided into seven major territories, each with their own wrestlers, TV, and champions. A perfectly ordered cooperative system where everyone made out by honoring the borders and rotating talents over time. And when Jonathan Kane, patriarch of New York's Empire State Wrestling Federation, died, leaving the Northeast Territory to his son Julian Kane, it was assumed he would merely take over and keep the machine rolling. But Julian had other plans no one saw coming. He not only changed their wrestling from a violent, realistic sport to a Disney-style family product, he pulled them out of the Alliance and ignored all rules of the Alliance and decorum by running shows and bought TV in everyone else's territories, all by stealing the biggest stars of the other territories and stealing the would-be biggest star in wrestling who was being held back. From the South, he took Bad Bad Leroy Brown, who once sold out the Superdome with an angle that involved the Southern Rebels blinding him, and Michael Angel, the most physically flawless athlete in the business, who was desperate to get out from under the thumb of his domineering and abusive father-slash-promoter in Texas, Burt Ironside, and was set to become the next biggest thing in wrestling and in Julian's new empire, until Julian Kane discovered Michael's greatest secret, that he was gay. Killian Kavanaugh was taken from the Carolinas, who answers the question, what if Conor McGregor was born 30 years earlier? Why, he'd be a pro wrestler, of course. Killian rapidly became the number one heel in the nation behind the exposure of this new empire. And in the coup of all coups, the longtime world champion Diamond Donnie Gold was snatched while he still had the belt, set to debut with the world championship on Empire TV. But at the last minute, Donnie lost a battle with his conscience and dropped the world title to his best friend he was now betraying, Jesse James, wrestler and booker of Atlanta's SCW. A snub that set the pace for Julian Kane's contentious relationship with Diamond Donnie and truly prevented Julian from destroying the alliance in one fell swoop. But the biggest acquisition was from American Midwest Wrestling with Thor Hansen, a living comic book character held back by AMW as a flunky sidekick for their top heel, the venerable Hollywood Buddy Melrose. Thor was stolen on the night AMW was finally set to turn him babyface, where instead he debuted as a babyface in the Empire, running on the other side of town in Chicago, all with a run-in to save the injured Dan Sanders from the new villainous Empire champion Prince Abdullah Akbar, who would lose to Thor weeks later in January of 1984, and Empire would explode behind the new sensation, Thor Hansen. Fast forward to 1986, and the Empire secured itself as a true national company, despite failing to truly make a dent in the southern strongholds of the South. Behind Thor Hansen, who ended up co-starring with Sylvester Stallone in Rambo, and even tag-teaming with him, all while becoming the biggest draw in wrestling in decades, bringing in a whole new audience from the mainstream. However, through various missteps and circumstance, Julian failed to produce the killing blow against the World Wrestling Alliance, with Atlanta in particular staying alive and growing. Since Julian was forced to sell the WVBS TV slot to Daniel Hawkins' Carolina territory, thus giving Hawkins two territories. In 1985, Hawkins amassed even more power, buying the St. Louis territory at an auction, 
after wrestler owner Crusher Krawcheck was forced into bankruptcy after losing a lawsuit from smacking an ABC News reporter for calling wrestling fake. After a year of getting buried by Julian Kane because of him not delivering the world title to him and for being idolized by Julian's new champion Thor Hansen, Diamond Diney Gold finally quit and returned on his hands and knees to the Alliance where he was surprisingly welcomed and once again made world champ. However, the celebration didn't last long as he was involved in a plane crash that broke his back and paralyzed him from the waist down, seemingly ending his career. Thanks to his unique relationship with knockout valet Miss Kitty, and by facing his own demons, he made a full recovery to once again lead SCW Atlanta on a tear, a return that was desperately needed after the flailing champ Jesse James, who was in dire straits, after a successful long program with Hollywood comedic actor Jimmy Buck, who wanted to live out his wrestling dreams with a huge money feud against Jesse James in Atlanta, but ended in tragedy and a PR nightmare after the mentally unstable comedian killed himself after failing to secure a dream movie role, largely because of him doing wrestling. However, his final TV appearance was on a late night talk show with Jesse James, where Jesse slapped him and the general public assumed he committed suicide from the slap on TV by this apparent bully wrestler, Jesse James. Elsewhere in SCW Atlanta, after being accused of cheating with Donnie Gold by her husband, wrestler Beautiful Barry Lovelace, Miss Kitty made a deal to give Barry a short world title reign by finally relenting to sleeping with boss Daniel Hawkins, who disgustingly pined for her from day one. After fulfilling his end of the bargain by forcing Jesse James to book Barry to win the belt, despite being seen as a jobber by most, Kitty's marriage was saved, as the boosted Lovelace forgot all of his wife's sins as he was too focused on living out his world championship dream. Michael Angel's secret was discovered by Julian Kane, and his mega push was killed, as Julian couldn't risk him being found out if he was positioned as the number two or even successor to Thor Hansen. Remember, this is the 80s. Michael's drug use and promiscuity was getting out of control as he was caught in a late night mass arrest at a gay hookup park shelter in San Francisco where Julian Kane had to bail him out. But it still took him passing out in the ring from drugs for Julian to finally fire him. Still afraid to face his father, Michael fled to Japan to wrestle while feeding his drug and sex habit at night. Until it was too much, and he overdosed and almost died before brother Gabriel Angel went out and brought him back to Texas. Gabriel, who has his own problems as he was arrested with a car full of drugs, partying with Denny Wayne and the Southern Rebels, the guys he was engaged in a main event feud with on TV. This story went nationwide, exposing the business on a level never before, all thanks to the ABC News reporter who originally sued Crusher Krawcheck for being slapped fulfilling his own personal vendetta against the sport of wrestling. While Bad Bad Leroy Brown was the biggest draw of the 70s, the physical toll it took on his body was too much, which affected his work, and when he injured his knee, and with very little money to show for all of his hard work in the 70s, Julian threatened to fire him unless he worked anyway, which he did, making his knee permanently damaged and unable to maintain the strong physique he once had. Julian's goal of teaching Thor to stop being so nice and to learn to be an asshole backfired spectacularly 
as Thor's ego has gotten out of control, even hiring a movie agent, ignoring the movie and TV deals Julian would present. And the problem for 1986, Julian is set to run the LA Olympic Stadium at the end of 1986, and he's been doing everything he can to replace Thor. He still needs to sell out an 85,000-seat stadium. But Julian has a more direct problem, as his self-professed arch-enemy Charlie Gotch, the owner of American Midwest Wrestling, best friend of his late father, after a physical confrontation two and a half years in the making, dropped dead right in front of Julian Kane, who's now being hauled off by the police for his murder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. 